0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Receivable Savvy podcast for Tuesday, December 8th. I'm Ernie Martin, founder and managing director of Receivable Savvy, where we provide research and best practice in order to master the order to cash process. Today, we're speaking with Chris Doxey, management consultant specializing in governance, risk and compliance in the areas of financial operations. Today, we'll cover how to effectively remove barriers in achieving sustainable DSO reduction, and today will be the first uh, of, of two parts, and um, we'll go ahead and get started with Chris. Chris, welcome, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Ernie. Glad to be here.
0: Well, in talking about DSO, everyone's talking about DSO, and um, everyone's got uh, recommendations and suggestions and best practices around DSO. Um, and so er- everyone seems to understand it or has some understanding of it, um, and it seems to be a very common desire. But I also noticed that it, it seems to be a challenge for many organizations. And in your opinion, why is it difficult for many companies to achieve good DSO reduction?
1: That's a that's a great question, and I think it, it could be the way that companies look at DSO. you know, I think it, it sometimes it's looked at as a overarching you know, metric, sometimes at a corporate level, and it's not really looked at, um, you know, sometimes from a international perspective and not really, you know, trickle down to sometimes what's going on in a particular division, you know, particularly in a global company if there's some, you know, issues going on with a particular product division if you've got product holds and, and things like that. But I think, you know, looking at the, the typical calculation, you know, DSO is, is calculated by the accounts receivable total uh, divided by total credit sales times the number of days in, in the particular period that you're looking at. Um, so, and, and that's usually, you know, the overarching metric. And, you know, I, I, first of all, I applaud companies that, number one, are paying attention to, to DSO because it, it's really taking a look at how quickly you're managing your outstanding accounts receivable, and, of course, that has a direct impact on cash flow. And, you know, as we know, cash is king and plays a fundamental role in operations and the company's growth. But if you really start peeling back the onion and analyzing DSO, you know, we know that you you should set goals and, you know, benchmark properly against companies that make sense and match up with your, your size. And, you know, certainly if you're an SMB, you don't want to be, matching up with your DSO in a very large company and, and, you know, so on and so forth. But, of course, a low DSO really is an indicator that your company is collecting receivables quickly. And, and this is, of course, a, a very positive sign. But it, then again, a higher DSO proves that you're taking a little bit longer to collect on credit sales and can might, you know, indicate that you've got some impending cash flow problems, some possible operational issues that, that I mentioned or maybe you you need to beef up your credit and collection staff and um, you know certainly ways to battle a high DSO is is certainly taking a look at you know maybe doing some upfront analysis on the type of you know credit um, worthiness of of your of your customers so another way to to take a look at DSO and I mentioned you know the the basic um, calculation um, look at your DSO versus your best possible DSO. So your best possible DSO is, is sort of a, a different type of calculation because it, it takes into account those account delinquencies and and you know it takes a look at your current receivables. And what it does, it, the best possible DSO calculation looks at current receivables times the number of days um, in the period Divided by the, the credit sales for the period. So, you know, again, this is this is a way of, of really kind of looking at, okay, what's your best possible DSO? So it's kind of peeling back the onion a little bit more, and and you know, again, taking into also consideration, should you be writing off your accounts a little bit sooner? You know, and maybe keeping keeping them, you know, um, off the books and and writing them off, and and you know, certainly uh establishing your reserves and you know maybe addressing your your um your you know as I said your credit policies a little bit a little bit better and also your bad debt policies. So, you know, of course we know that DSO is going to fluctuate with revenue and other short term, you know, changes within your company. And um, DSO also takes into account not only, you know, your credit sales but also those those companies that and customers that are paying you go very quick and you might have some some um Customers that you know you you are um, only you know collecting um, with uh, with with cash sales um, or maybe paying you with credit cards, so they're paying you much quicker. So you know DSO is a very interesting calculation, and you really need to take a look at DSO with the context of what's going on in your company, and look at the whole picture, and consider you know the the um, you know the tried and true number one DSO calculation. With the best possible DSO calculation.
0: Right, right, and that's that's good advice. And what 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 happens, and what what might you suggest for an organization that has a reluctance to uh, write off bad debt if if they believe you know after 90 days or so it's still collectible, and that will certainly um, negatively impact their DSO. At what point does an organization say you know let's Let's cut our losses and let's uh let's let's move forward elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I think it it's really, you know, taking a look at um what is your you know, your tolerance for your average days of, of delinquency. Um, you know, or or you know, establishing yet another type of DSO calculation, which is your delinquent DSO, which measures the average time from an invoice date to the date it's paid. So that actually tells you the average days. Average number of days your invoices are, are past due, and that gives you, uh, you know, kind of a good idea of how well your number one your collection efforts are working. So it measures a, a couple of a, a couple of 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 things, you know, Ernie, how well your collection efforts are are working, and then um, you know what you should m- might take a look at as far as what your write-off you know period uh, should be, and you know takes a, takes an a- actual look at. Um, leading to your collection effectiveness index right. so that actually is um, you know an index calculation called um, your um, CEI so that looks at your beginning receivables plus your monthly credit sales minus your ending total receivables divided by the beginning receivables plus monthly credit sales minus your ending current receivables time 100. So Taking into all those factors, you can you know come up with some you know as you can tell some pretty complex algorithms. But you know basically you know going back to your you know your credit policy, what what I've always you know recommended is you know looking at your you know your your risk tolerance, and you know certainly your credit risk tolerance being one of the biggest factors for risk management. You know certainly depending upon the size of your company and what, you know, your cash flow situation is. Um, you know, again, being a small company myself, um, if my receivables are going past, you know, 45, 60 days, I, I start getting, you know, a little bit concerned. Right. And um, you know, I I get a little bit worried and look at um, you know, writing writing them off and you right. know, certainly establishing a reserve. But larger companies sometimes have a larger, you know, tolerance and, and look at, you know, ninety days. Um, other efforts that are, are made is, you know, setting up a, a payment plan.
0: So, Chris, it sounds like you're, you, you you mentioned that in terms of the, the mm-hmm. there, there are different types of companies and industries and, and no two DSOs are the same. It sounds like there's um, an ensuring that you're comparing apples to apples when you're when you're trying to establish a, a good DSO. Um, can, can you expound on that a little bit?
1: yeah i mean it basically it, it starts with assigning you know a proper uh risk management you know structure and you know at the at the top of the company and of course that you know comprehends uh paying attention to credit risk so the proper risk management approach to to credit is how do you you know assign your your credit uh policies and The roles and responsibilities, you know, for credit managers and credit and collection staff, and you know, really ensuring that they're they're armed and you know, dangerous with the right set of metrics, and everything is you know consistent from you know corporate to your product divisions and and global you know entities, you know, all the way down, you know, depending on how you're organized, you know, and basically everybody is working to the same set of metrics across the board, so. And, you know, what, what I was um, you know, kind of alluding to is is um, the credit governance um, should, you know, match up with policies and, and risk um, management, you know, certainly for, for credit. And metrics, you know, certainly should go hand in hand. Right. Now, again, smaller companies aren't going to have that, that, you know, complexity because they, they certainly don't need it. And they, they don't, you know, it gets a little expensive. And you need to, you know, certainly look at the, the cost effectiveness, And, um, you know, so, and, you know, certainly what I was also mentioning is that um, uh, like companies should benchmark effectively. So if you're looking at, um, you know, what should your industry standard be for DSO, if you're a small or, you know, medium-sized company, you shouldn't compare yourself to a, you know, to a, a, a Walt Disney or, you know, a Caterpillar tractor or, you know, a Sony electronics. You should really look at a company within your own, you know, industry and your your size and um, you know, look at the processes that are going on, you know, within that company, you know, the credit, you know, risk management structure. Right. And also pay attention to the software that they might be using, you know, for for credit analysis as well as credit and collection, um, and also if they've outsourced their credit function. Right. So not only look at, you know, the benchmark um, you know, type of uh, result that they have for DSO and the types of metrics that they're tracking, you know, such as some of the ones, you know, we talked about for, you know, delinquency and, and, you know, best DSO and and things like that. But also look at the internal processes because I think what happens with benchmarking, you know, improperly is you just look at sort of, you know, the, you know, with the Titanic, you just look at the tip of the iceberg, right? You don't look at the processes underneath. Right. And and you kind of fool yourself because you think, oh, okay, well, I've got, you know, a like benchmark like that, but you don't, you know, take, pay attention to the fact that, well, they're fully automated or, you know, they've outsourced credit and collection or, or that sort of thing. And they've got a, you know, very high maturity, um, uh, you know, level of, um, you know, credit staff and and that sort of thing too so it it's really you know important with you know looking at d s o and analyzing a you know a credit and collection process to to keep keep um you know keep at it and and keep reviewing you know what's happening like i said underneath underneath that that tip of the iceberg.
0: Right, right. Okay, good, good. And you know that that leads me to, to to want to dive into a couple of other things in terms of some of the tools that uh, companies can can consider using, as well as who should be involved in DSO reduction. But um, at the moment, we're out of time. Would you be willing to come back? Absolutely. Okay. So when you return, we'll dive into uh, the next part of uh, this DSO issue and. Uh, Chris, thanks again for joining us on the Receivable Savvy podcast. Um, Anyone who is interested in contacting Chris can can do so by uh, using her contact information on the page where the podcast sits. And uh, Chris, thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay.
1: Thank you very much, Ronnie.